0: Hello, welcome to the NCETM podcast. I'm Gwen Tresida, communications manager, and today I have with me primary school teacher, Lisa Coe, who is primary maths lead for the Inspiration Trust uh, in the east of the country, in Norfolk. Is that right, Lisa?
1: Yeah, that's correct, yeah.
0: Right, hello, Lisa. Hi. So the reason I've invited Lisa to come and talk to us on the podcast is because I know she's a mad keen reader and reviewer of education literature, edubooks as she calls them. <laughs> And my suspicion is that most teachers would love to know all the content and wisdom from those books, but often can't find the time to do the reading. So I've got Lisa in, not only to divulge some of the secrets that she's learned, but also to give us an insight into how and why she makes the time. We're recording this podcast right at the end of the summer holidays in 2021. Some schools have even gone back already. (laughs) So I'm going to start, Lisa, by asking you about your summer reading. What have you read over the summer? (laughs) <laughs> well actually
1: um I have had a complete break um so it's not, not not the best start to talk about educational books um I think it was really have you important. read any novels um oh yeah I've read um I've read uh, a little life um which was uh which was incredible it was um it's uh relentlessly sad but amazing oh. I mean it's one of those books where you feel that yeah you you sort of it's very difficult to read but it's also incredible and i've read some terry pratchett and and you know so i do read a lot generally but i just right. felt that with the year that we've had so um you mentioned my my job I, this this was the first year the first academic year that i've been in the job um right. and obviously with that and the pandemic i just felt that i needed a full and complete break really from the from the world of education Um, so I read a lot of fiction and I you know sort of generally avoided too much maths I read some blogs but nothing nothing too heavy I think
0: yeah so now we know what you read for relaxation um can we get a bit of background on your work so do you want to give us an idea of what your working week is likely to look like this term
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is, as I said, this is the start of my second year of um, the role working across five primary schools. So my typical working week, um, the end of the week, so the last three days, um, I work in one specific school. So I'm supporting primarily in year six. Um, but very much um, working across the school there to support them. Um, They're a small school, one-form entry. They've made incredible progress in the last academic year, so we want to keep that moving and um, keep their wonderful momentum going um so I teach I support I you know do the maths lead role in that school um and then at the start of the week Mondays and Tuesdays are dedicated to two things um one is to go to see the other four schools that I've worked with um the last year and now this year um to make sure that their maths leads are happy and that everything's uh, ticking along nicely there, and to offer any support that they might need. Um, and then the other day is uh, very much related to curriculum writing. So one day a week, I will be spending beavering away at uh, refining the curriculum.
0: Right, that sounds like an interesting
1: role. It it really is. I'm I'm very lucky to um, to be able to work in the primary sphere, but just work with maths. I think mm. that's quite it's quite a rare role in terms of the primary world because obviously secondary you specialise and so on but in primary I don't think there are many people who can say that you know they they essentially only teach maths and they only think yeah. about maths all the time so I'm very lucky.
0: <laughs> okay so tell us about a bit about your, um, your book reviewing when did you start reviewing edubooks and and why did you start doing it?
1: So, a few years ago, um, Craig Barton released his first book, How I Wish I Taught Maths. Mm. And at the time, I was working for ARC's Mathematics Mastery program, um, again focusing on primary. And my secondary colleagues um, started talking about this book. And I'd never really read any education specific books since leaving university. Um, mm-hmm. And I was fascinated. Um, so in order to join in the conversation with them, essentially, I I read Craig Barton's book. And while I was reading it, um, sort of two things occurred to me, really. And um, the first being that it was very secondary led. I mean, obviously, Craig mm-hmm. Barton is a mm-hmm. secondary teacher. Um, and also so that kind of occurred to me. And then also the fact that I felt that teachers would want to read and want to know about some of the information in his book but actually it's a big old book Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's very it's very dense in places Uh, there's a lot of research to get your head around and I felt that actually there was there was a space for people who perhaps wanted to read a book didn't necessarily have the time to dedicate to it and wanted an opinion and so yeah I, I thought okay I could do something with this. Um so I decided to blog about it. Um, <laughs> and so the blog was born.
0: <laughs> and there's a fair number of books on your blog now isn't isn't there and not all maths I think.
1: Yeah, I I read um it started off with with a sort of maths books I suppose, um or books inspired by Craig Barton. So he mentioned Williams Why Don't Students Like School? And so I thought okay he's read that I'll read that um and it sort of had a snowball effect and then I was really again incredibly lucky in that um through Twitter um my my blog was noticed and um I had a couple of publishers send me a few review copies um but I've always tried to read things that I've wanted to read I've I've always tried to read things that I'm interested in rather than I just sort of everything. So yeah, there there is an eclectic collection in there, but it's all things that I have been interested in.
0: And would you say that maths was a particular one of those interests? Is it more maths heavy than other subjects? Would you say?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, there's there's either sort of maths or there's general educational books, I suppose, because right. because being in the the world that I've worked in, I mean, for the last this is now my 6th year focusing just on primary mathematics so actually I I sh- I feel sometimes like I should read about reading comprehension <laughs> but I'm not sure that my role will ever actually then circle back into mainstream primary teaching so I like to focus on on books that I would read and I would get something from yeah yeah
0: so um, do you want to give us a quick overview of what you got from Craig Barton's book how that's affected your teaching (laughs) yeah
1: I (laughs) think
0: if you can do that uh, in a nutshell
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's quite hard in a a nutshell I think one of the things that I um I found from reading from from reading it was that I I had key takeaways and actually I understand that they're not everyone's key takeaways um but Mm. they are they're ones that I felt were important and I think for me the biggest thing was around the 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 kind of cognitive load theory and the understanding of of memory and retaining things was the key the key aspect of Craig's first book that really stood out to me and I think that now a few years on that's something that everyone talks about I think that you can't go to any sort of conference listen to any book uh, listen sorry read any book um without without hearing about quantum flow theory and the kind of ideas around how we remember and how we retain information but at the time it was something that was more novel to me and so I think that's my key takeaway it was around understanding that but but also what I loved about Craig's first book was that it led me to so many other things as I've already mentioned it led me to Willingham it led me to to read around other aspects which I particularly liked in his work.
0: Yeah so uh, if you could only take one maths book to, you, to your desert island which would you take would it be Craig Barton's or I might allow you a second one actually if, if since we've talked about the Craig Barton one. <laughs>
1: um no it wouldn't be but okay although I loved it and I got a lot from it I felt as a primary practitioner as I said you know his his book is very secondary based and I felt that actually some aspects of it I think you'd find difficult to apply to primary mathematics and I think he would agree I don't think you know he's he's tried to to say this is how you should teach maths if you're five or if you're 19, you know, there's, there's yeah. I don't think he would say that. For me, the one that I would, my Desert Island book would be uh, Pete Mattock's Visible Maths. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because in primary and secondary, I, I'm a big fan of manipulatives and representations, you know, I think, again, it's something that's very, very well known now, but as I um, I started life as a as a maths lead in a school you know a, a general primary school teacher I was using manipulatives a lot and I was less that was less common practice um, when I started doing it and Pete's book uh, it's just it's just incredible I mean it, it I love the way it links the simplest concepts that we use in primary all the way through to you know, quite complex mathematics that that I I mean I struggle to understand it sometimes I'm quite honest in my blog when I say that some of the secondary mathematics examples you know I'm, I'm not a secondary mathematician I've got a GCSE um, and I didn't go any further in my maths learning and so sometimes the maths examples are quite complicated for me but I loved that I could see the connections in Pete's book I could see how what we were doing in primary and the representations we were using impacted so greatly on the representations and the way in which children think when they reach secondary GCSE A level so that would be my desert island book I love it
0: right um and that's interesting as well isn't it because Pete's a secondary practitioner as well isn't he Mm -hmm. So yeah. but has he written a book that that spans the whole the whole spectrum? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I I think so. I think what I find interesting about mathematics like edgy books as as you say I call them um is that I feel that a lot of them are are very secondary based and I don't think that means primary teachers can't get anything out of them. Mm. But I think that um you know, I think that that means that sometimes teachers primary teachers shy away from those books and so that's almost why I write the blog to allow primary practitioners to be able to access things and um, so a really good example of that is um, Chris McGrain's book whose name I forgot I think it's called Mathematical Tasks in fact I think I'm sure it is um, you know that is very the tasks in the book are very secondary heavy and there are there's some very complicated maths in there but it says a huge amount about the importance of a range of tasks the need for exemplification it's a fascinating mm. read but I think some primary teachers who aren't necessarily lucky enough to have the sort of specialist thinking that I've done around maths will find it really tricky and mm. so we'll be less inclined to read a book like that um, which is a shame I think
0: Right. So you're suggesting that they might be able to get some of the learning from that book by looking at the blog.
1: Yeah, that was kind of why I've never professed to be some sort of, you know, um, font of all knowledge or or that that my key takeaways are something that everyone would get. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I recognise that what I think is really important isn't necessarily you know, anything else. But I know that people have, have spoken to me and say they've read, they've read my blog, and they've been able to talk about the book, or they've read my blog and have then bought the book, uh, which is very flattering. Um, <sighs> you know, And I feel that that's, it's allowed primary school teachers to feel a bit more confident in, in knowing that, yes, they might find some things challenging, but actually... They can do this, and they can read it, and they can take something away from it.
0: Mm, mm. Thank you. Um, and tell tell me how you find the time. These <laughs> <I knew laughs> books are, they, they take some time and energy, don't they?
1: Um, they do. Um, so I mean, I'll be honest. Um, this this last academic year, it has been really challenging. Um, I've only managed to read a few. Um, but I think uh, before that, so the blog started as i said when i worked for mathematics mastery and i um i had a three hour each way commute to the office um on a train so that helped um i think finding the time is is really challenging and i think that teachers are time poor and um you know even the best options for well-being and work-life balance is really challenging and actually I'm really accepting of the fact that teachers will come home of an an evening and not want to immerse themselves in more education um books and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't think you know I think sometimes teachers are criticized for not wanting to take up CPD opportunities Um, but I think with books if you can dedicate 15 minutes three times a week you will get through the book and i don't think it's about you know i don't think it's about this speed reading um i don't think it's about reading a book in 2 days and instantly implementing things um i think it's about making the time when you can and really thinking carefully about what what it's going to give you the next day mm. Um, so I'm a big fan of any book that I can apply things you know I'm I'm a big fan of a book where I can go yes I am going to pick that up and do that next week next month whatever
0: yeah
1: Um. and I think that if you can find books like that that allow you to think about your practice and tweak your practice then I think you want to read more and certainly I found that I found that if I've read a good book I then want to read another one to to help right. develop myself a bit more yeah yeah
0: and I'm interested actually are you are you someone that starts at page one and reads through to the end in order or do you dip in and out and look for the chapters that particularly interest you
1: that's a really good question um both mostly cover to cover <clears throat> so right. um but that's partly I think because If I know I'm going to review a book, and I don't think there are any education books that I've read and I haven't reviewed. um, Mm. If I I know I'm going to review a book, then I tend to read cover to cover because I feel that um, if anyone were to read it, they'd want to know about everything. Um, However, there are some books where I just feel like it's important to not read in that way. So Joe Morgan's book on mathematical methods, I dipped in and out of because there were some topics uh, like SIRDs. I'm still not sure what a SIRD is. And so I left. I did look at them. I didn't ignore them completely, but I'm glad that in that case I I dipped in and out because I could see how they connected to some of the other methods that had been suggested for maths that I could grasp and I could understand. So, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. a bit of both. But mostly I'm a cover to cover to go, cover to cover girl. And I highlight, right. which, you know, oh, okay. is apparently yeah. terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and is is that how you read novels as well? yes that reflect how you read novels yeah 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 okay I'm very much a cover to cover reader and but my mum likes to dip to the end of the novel and find out what happens because she can't bear the suspense and that all feels wrong to me oh my goodness
1: no I don't think no 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 (laughs) sometimes educational books are are not meant to be read cover to cover they are meant to be dip in and out but for me Mm. I don't I like I like reading about education, whether it's whether it's something that's directly going to apply to me or not. And so I think I, I will always be most of the time a cover to cover reader.
0: Right. Yeah. And um, how would you say it fits in with other CPD that you might do or deliver or would you say it complements that well?
1: Absolutely. I think um so. Some of the books that I have read have been off the back of, of CPD I've attended. So Chris McGrain's book, I um listened to his workshop at probably MathsConf. Um and really enjoyed listening to him talk so passionately about um mathematical tasks that I then bought his book and read his book. Um sometimes um it's inspired me to to read other books so so people at conferences will mention books and I will then go oh okay um I'll read those um and then it's also influenced me so I um I went to conferences before I spoke at conferences um and again I've, I've been lucky enough to speak at a few conferences um I did maths conf mini last year uh or this year probably this year um and I've spoken at some primary conferences and things and um and I've been influenced by I feel I feel like I can talk with authority about primary maths, partly because I'm widely read and partly because it, it's more than just my opinion on maths. Yeah. I feel like because I've read X, Y, and Z, I can then talk about uh the things that I that I want to talk about so I've talked about um the importance of representations or fractions based on not completely based on but influenced by Pete Mattock's work or uh, the importance of language I'm obsessed with mathematical language um mm. and a lot of that comes from various things that I've read so it's I think it's yeah I think it's a nice sort of almost symbiotic relationship listening to people and then reading their books is really quite nice
0: right nice okay so um finally lisa can you recommend a book for an nqt or a new trainee um so there'll be there probably be quite a few out there right now and and hopefully listening to our podcast actually you could probably have two books if you wanted a different one if they were primary or secondary training what would you recommend (laughs) (laughs) that's the first first maths book I have two for primary if that's okay yeah okay go for it
1: so I think in terms of uh, an ECT so you know especially someone new to educational books in the sense of reading them for pleasure rather than what I say pleasure pleasure and learning rather than just Mm. because they're reading them um for their course um I think most um ECTs whichever path they've come through will be aware of people like Haylock and their and and the kind of writing he does on primary mathematics and so I think a really nice follow-on from that is is Peter Mattock's book the visible maths that I've mentioned earlier yeah. because I think in this current climate of mathematics whether your school follows the NCTM's work white rose or whoever they follow representations are key we understand now more than ever that that children learn by making connections between representations whether that be concrete things pictures the language that they use and any scheme any approach you take will will use that and i think that visible maths Is an is an incredible way into that. I think it's very powerful in the way it connects those ideas and will help a new teacher A kind of know what to do, as in literally how do you use quees and air rods to represent something, but also help them understand their place in the wider education of children. So understand why teaching number is so important for later later maths the the second book i would recommend um after you've read visible maths because i think this one is a little bit more um in depth i suppose is um kieran mackle's thinking deeply about primary mathematics so kieran is um is incredible i think anyone who is is not aware of kieran should, should be he has a podcast yes. as well which i was lucky enough to speak on so that was it. that was very lovely um and um he's this was his second book so the first one was around misconceptions which i think is also great but not for an ect i think mm. thinking deeply is 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 written for early career teachers. Um,
0: right. But
1: even I got so much out of it. So it has information around the the CPA approach, the focus on representations. It looks at um, different ways in which we can think really carefully about what we do in the classroom. Um, it also covers things like questioning, depth and yeah. challenge, you know, those things that I think early career teachers or even more experienced teachers can find very challenging and i think he in in his book i think he puts it in a way that doesn't um that's not sort of condescending it's not sort of you know telling you like i say i learned a lot from it and i'm an experienced teacher but at the same time it just it kind of takes you through it in a way that's logical and makes sense and i think it is it is harder to read because it is just more complicated and and he and it's quite it's quite dense in places Mm -hmm. but that is a dip in and out of book you know that is very much a book where you could just read the chapter on depth if if you know if as an NQT you're told as we often are you need more challenge in your lessons you can go to this book and pick it up and you can you can get something from it that you can do in your classroom the next day. And that's my that's right. any that would be my recommendation for any educational book. If you can yeah. read it and do something with it, then it's worth your time, in my opinion. So yeah, those would be my two for an early career teacher.
0: Great. Thank you. And have you got what's the next book on your shelf? Have you got one lined up? I have no, I have a
1: huge number of books. And <laughs> um, unfortunately I would I always um have um yeah I have a lot of books um it's called and you might you mightn't be aware of the uh the author but it slipped my mind it's called um teaching math math not maths three yeah. worked examples right, um
0: okay.
1: and it was again I think it was something that probably Craig Barton recommended um or I saw on Twitter and um again it's um, it's aimed at secondary teachers but I I think worked examples are something that we don't use enough in primary and so mm-hmm. I think that um, it's important to, to for me to read about that especially if I'm developing the curriculum so that is next on my list um, and Guy Claxton's latest book which I've heard a lot about sat on my shelf waiting to be read. So,
0: yes, I will get round to them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll look forward to seeing that on your blog when it comes out, Lisa. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) So thank you so much for talking to us today and and also for doing all the hard work reading those books um, for teachers (laughs) and providing such useful summaries. I'm not suggesting that reading a summary is anything like as good as reading the book. But Lisa's summaries will certainly tell you enough to know whether you want to read more. So do go and have a look at her blog. I'll put a link in the notes for this podcast. And if you're someone who prefers your CPD more interactive, I should also give a mention to all the amazing CPD that is planned to go on in Math subs this year. So do check out your local Mathsub Sub website and see what's on offer. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe to hear more this term. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Lisa. Goodbye. Thank you.